Welcome to Today on Broadway for Wednesday, March 7th, 2018. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I'm Broadway World's Julie Musback. Julie, unfortunately, we have to start today's show with the single most horrifically sad and devastating stories that we've had to cover in the two years of Today on Broadway. On Monday night, Tony winner Ruthie Ann Miles was walking back from a church event with her four-year-old daughter Abigail and family friends Lauren Liu and her one-year-old son Joshua. According to reports, an out-of-control driver named Dorothy Bruns ran a red light, fatally striking the two children. Both mothers were also injured. For most of Tuesday, Miles, who we learned is in her seventh month of pregnancy, was said to be in critical condition. However, one slight sliver of good news is that on Tuesday afternoon, a statement was made that her status had been upgraded and, quote, thankfully her unborn child is unharmed. So there is a, a little bit of good news to go along with this horrific event. Bruns, who in the past two years alone has been cited four times for running red lights and four other times for speeding in school zones, has been arrested and charges are pending. Quickly after the news came out of the senseless deaths of these two children, GoFundMe pages were set up to support their families who will have medical bills of their own to deal with. And many in the Broadway community shared these crowdfunding campaigns. And as of this recording, they have raised a combined $449,000. If you would like to make a contribution, we will have links in the show notes at broadwayradio.com if you want to see uh, either one of those. Now, Julia, I'd, I'd honestly don't even know what to say. The word heartbreaking gets bandied about a lot and in a lot of situations that probably don't deserve it. But I don't know that I could imagine a situation in which that word applied more than this one. I Yeah, I don't know what to say to this. I've been trying to process it all day. And it's just, there's been that twist in my stomach just thinking about it. It was the first thing I saw when I woke up this morning. I went on Twitter and it was everywhere. And one of the first things I did was donate to the campaign. I just, I, I don't know what to say. Yeah, it, I mean, it's, it's brutal. And I actually, I was at the, the gym yesterday morning and I got um, somebody, I forget who it was. Now. I think it was our friend Kelly sent something on Facebook to the Broadway radio page and just said, poor Ruthie. And I was like, well, I, I only really know one person named Ruthie. Um, so what possibly could have happened with Ruthie and miles? And then I started looking and I saw this and it, it's just, uh, it was horrific when I first read it, and then when I was typing it out to talk about it here, you, you just to even think about that situation, Julie, you and I, we aren't parents, but you know, to even just type it out is, like you said, you get your, your whole body aches, and I can't even imagine what it must be like to be in this situation or to be close to those families. So our, our thoughts um, go out to them if you are somebody who prays. Please send your prayers their way. And as both Julie and I have done, if you are able to contribute to either one of the family's funds, please do so. The entire, not just theater community, this is something that I got calls and texts from friends and family members who are not theater people um, that have heard this story. It has obviously transcended our tiny little insular bubble and is is really touching people beyond that. So if you have uh, some way to help these people, whether it is financially or just with good thoughts, uh, please do so. Now, Julie, there's really no good way to continue, you know, transition into the rest of the show from there. But we're going to go ahead and get through some news. Uh, we'll try to get the normal <laughs> uh, jovial nature of the show from there. But please know that our thoughts and, you know, this this 
senseless act is in our in the back of our minds and will be for a long time. Absolutely. So in the news, we have something less surprising in that Hamilton has set an Olivier nominations record. Yeah, Julie, you're one of the uh, <laughs> one of our go to Anglophiles. So uh, you are <laughs> love all things England. So hopefully you can give me a little bit of context here. But yesterday, um, yesterday, early morning, we had the Olivier nominations. They were announced by the one and only Elaine Page and Alexandra Burke. And unsurprisingly, as you said, Hamilton broke the record for nominations when it received 13 total noms passing Harry Potter and the Cursed Child from last season and Hairspray from 2008 who had previously shared the record with 11 nominations apiece. Over in the play categories, Jez Butterworth's The Ferryman, which will be coming to Broadway this fall, leads with 8 nominations in the National Theater's production of Angels in America, which of course is currently on Broadway, follows with 6. We will of course have all of the Olivia nominations in the show notes, but I will run through the major awards here and Julie, as you often and enjoy doing. If I screw anything up, please feel free to let me know. Um, <laughs> in the uh, the best actor category, this is best actor in a play. We have Patty Considen, um for the Ferryman, Brian Cranston, Bri- Brian Cranston, <laughs> Brian Cranston, of course for Network, Andrew Garfield for Angels in America, and Moriarty himself, Andrew Scott for Hamlet. Best actress in a play. Laura Donnelly for The Ferryman, Leslie Manville, recent Academy Award nominee, as well for Long Day's Journey and Tonight, the one and only Audra McDonald for Lady Day at Emerson's Bar and Grill, and Imelda Staunton for Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. Best actor in a musical is Syrian Hines for Girl from the North Country. Kieran. Kieran, I see, I've looked this name up multiple times, and everybody says it different. Everybody said, but you say Kieran? Is that what you're saying? I believe it's supposed to be Kieran. Whatever. Damn. <laughs> Irish people. Anyway, Kieran Hines for Girl from the North Country, John McRae for Everybody's Talking About Jamie, Giles Torreira for Hamilton, and Jamel Westman for Hamilton as well. Best Actress in a Musical, Janie D for Follies, uh, Shirley Henderson from Girl from the North Country, Imelda Staunton again for Follies, and Josie Walker for Everybody's Talking About Jamie. And the American Airlines Best New Play, ironically, American Airlines for the British Awards, The Ferryman, Inc. Network in Oslo. And then the MasterCard, Best New Musical, Priceless, is an American in Paris. Everybody's talking about Jamie, Girl from the North Country, Hamilton, and Young Frankenstein. Now, Julie, I know you saw a few shows when you were over in London a couple weeks or months ago. Um, I don't know that you saw any of the... Oh, you saw Harry Potter. Oh, that's not this season. That's right. So I don't know that you saw yeah. any of these shows, but being the person uh, that I know that loves the UK the best. Any insight on uh, what's going on with these nominations? I've heard a lot of really, really great things about everybody's talking about Jamie. I think yeah. that's the one that made quite a splash over there so far. And obviously, Imelda Staunton is incredible. So Yeah. And The Ferryman, I know I heard from friends that it's very deep. It's It's very unsettling on all the right ways. It has a real depth to it that I think gives it an edge. Yeah. Well, it's Jez Butterworth and his stuff's always really good, even if you can't understand it and it's over your head. But um, <laughs> yeah, but I, I think um, our friend uh, Patrick Hines over from the Theater People podcast and Broadway Backstory and 
true crime obsessed and all the other 97 shows that he does. I think when he was in London a couple weeks ago, him and his husband saw everybody was everybody's talking about Jamie and and raved about it. Um, so obviously that's one that I think not only will do well here, but very well could end up on this side of the pond. And I did see the NT Live Follies a couple weeks ago. I went to the Enzian Theater down here in uh, Orlando and watched that live broad, not live broadcast, but the filmed live broadcast. And it was fantastic. So either way, should be fun to watch. These are always kind of the things that they, they do their awards kind of a little earlier um, than us. They kind of kickstart us into the awards season the olivier awards will be presented on sunday 8 april and uh, they'll be broadcast worldwide and i think on broadway world we usually have an embed for those so you can watch them over there but should be fun uh, should be a fun evening all right so next up we have equity taking aim at rocktopia ahead of its broadway premiere man it always gets contentious at this time of year. Something always happens. But yes, uh, while Rocktopia is getting ready to take its first official bow on Broadway, its producers are under fire for offering its chorus members low wages. Yesterday, an official statement from Actors Equity Association was sent out, and it reads, quote, Rocktopia is a live performance that combines rock songs and classical music, and it's starting previews on Broadway in two weeks. Producers are advertising this as a Broadway show and charging Broadway ticket prices, but their Broadway chorus isn't being offered an equity contract. In fact, we've heard from members who have reported being offered as low as $215 for a week of chorus work. You know that chorus members are no less talented than any performer on Broadway, but the Rocktopia producers are refusing to put their chorus on an equity contract. Will you help us tell Rocktopia's producers that their chorus deserves the protection of equity workplace rules and reasonable wages? It goes on to talk about some other things. Of course, Rocktopia's representatives responded in kind and they said quote the producers of the multi-year touring concert rocktopia have been in discussion for the past several months with actors equity association despite aea having no jurisdiction over a musical concert one with no actors appearing on stage with that in mind and in respect for aea's long history of negotiation with quote non-legitimate attractions for specific terms when appearing on broadway the producers suggested a fair and reasonable financially viable arrangement given the nature of the show and its limited run which aea rejected the producers have great respect for equity and are still hoping to come to a fair and equitable agreement upon hearing further from the union now rocktopia is only playing six weeks at the broadway theater from march 20th through april 29th as we've talked about before this is just kind of a new agey kind of classic rock and classic musical concert there's no story there's i'm sure there's a little bit of banter but there's no real talking or dialogue or anything so effectively the chorus julie i'm guessing is just the backup singers i don't i mean i don't know what else there is to do here so i'm a little torn on this one i'm completely in support of of aea protecting chorus members but i i struggle here in this situation to understand how they're defining this especially if it doesn't actually meet the criteria to be considered a legitimate player musical yeah, I don't know how I feel about this. I think, well, I'm not sure. It's a little bit like you come into our town, you come into one of our theaters, so you kind of, why not pay attention to the rules that are in place and why not follow these? But at the same time, whether or not AEA has jurisdiction, I would think $200 a week is nothing. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah, that's off. If and, that's true. Now, that's, of course, could be, they say we've heard. They don't have any proof. That could just be hearsay and conjecture. But Right. But as someone who's 
worked their butt off at unpaid internships and knows how hard <laughs> it is to make it in the arts, I would think it's time to start paying people. It's time to pay an appropriate amount for the work they're doing. And yeah. whether or not they're the backup singers or, you know, in a two week concert on a Broadway stage, does that matter? I mean, I, they deserve the proper payment, I think, no matter what. Yeah, and it, it's six weeks. It's running for six weeks, but Broadway, right. Broadway I, I has a history. Dramatize. Yeah, I, I understand. You're never one to dramatize anything at all. Um, so, <laughs> but there's concerts. There's been concerts on Broadway forever. It seems like we actually have less now recently than we've had in the past because of how you know, shows are running longer now. But, you know, we've had Frankie Valli come to uh, to Broadway, Barry Manilow. We had Kristen Chenoweth last year. From what I understand, and someone please feel free to correct me if and when I'm wrong, but those shows are not on equity contracts because they're not Broadway legitimate shows. They're on Broadway, but they're not shows that fit the AEA definitions of what makes up a play or a musical. So this isn't new ground. Now, maybe because it's a little longer of a run than maybe something like Frankie Valley when he was on Broadway a couple years ago. I think he only did like a dozen or less performances. So this is obviously different, but there needs to be some way to make this make sense, especially because if these people are part of the show already and they're touring and this just happens to be a six week stop, I don't, I, I guess I'm just not sure why whatever contract they already had in place needs to change just for the venue. And I'm not saying it doesn't have to. I'm just not sure how that works. Now, if they're bringing in new people to add in, that's different. But I just feel like AEA is playing hardball in a situation where I they might have the moral high ground here, but I don't know that they have the logical high ground. So I'm just this is just a weird, cloudy situation for me. I would agree. So what do we have in show and casting news? Oh, we got a lot of it. Okay, so I'm going to run through some of this quickly. And if something pops out at you, there's a couple things I want to talk to you about. But if there's anything else, please feel free to let me know. Oh, the band's visit. That is my heart right now. Okay, we'll get to that one. Settle down there, Tiger. Um, okay, so on Monday night, the American Repertory Theater in Cambridge, Massachusetts, had a gala for their season. And the big show coming up this spring, as we've talked about before, is the stage adaptation of Alanis Morissette's landmark album, Jagged Little Pill. That show, which obviously features Alanis Morissette's music from that album and other albums, as well as additional new music she's written specifically for the musical, will be directed by ART's artistic director, Tony winner, Diane Paulus. And it has a book. This is, you know, of all this stuff, this is the part that interests me the most. It has a book written by acclaimed screenwriter Diablo Cody. I think that's the most interesting. Pulitzer Prize winner Tom Kitt is doing the orchestrations. They had this gala on Monday night and basically revealed that Elizabeth Stanley is going to be playing the lead role uh, in that show. Elizabeth Stanley, of course, was in the original Broadway cast of Million Dollar Quartet. She's most recently been seen on Broadway in On the Town. She did the national tour of, of Bridges, Bridges Madison, Madison County. County. I was going to say, that's like, that's, that's one of your favorites, isn't it? Didn't you see it a crap ton of times? Oh, God, I saw it too many times, but I okay. don't regret it. <laughs> okay, no, nothing to be ashamed of there. She's great. Yeah, so as we talked about when this was first originally announced, one Tony winner, Adina Menzel, has been doing a lot of the workshops for this show. However, she is doing the off-Broadway play Skin Tight at the, round, at the Roundabout Theater Company this spring, the exact same time that Jagged Little Pill will be going on down in, uh, down up in Cambridge this May. So she's not doing that. So 
Julie, I'm a little concerned that we might see a Jeremy Jordan, Matthew Morrison thing here with ART again, where you have somebody else do the show in Cambridge. And when this, of course, eventually goes to Broadway, they might bump said person for maybe perhaps somebody of a of a higher name. I would be extremely disappointed if that happens. I think Elizabeth Stanley is a powerhouse right now. I think she is an excellent performer, and I don't think she's gotten her due on Broadway yet and shown everybody exactly what she can do. So I'm very excited for this. I look yeah. forward to seeing her take over and show everybody what she's got for real. And then I hope she gets to take it to Broadway over Idina Menzel for sure. Yeah, because I think uh, in you saying how much you enjoy Elizabeth Stanley, what was left unsaid, but very much, uh, uh, you know, a part of that statement is that I don't think you or I are either the biggest fans of Idina Menzel. I think we both have some issues with her uh, as a performer and i've i've said look i've said it before on multiple podcasts i'm not ashamed of that so if i'm throwing you under the bus i apologize but <laughs> um I, I to me adina menzel of course is the bigger name she's gonna sell more tickets and it's going to get a lot more attention if she's the star on broadway however to me elizabeth stanley is a far more interesting choice for the role given what we know just of the music because ART published a really Zapruder film-esque video of the gala and Stanley, as well as some other singers, uh, performed three songs, including the title song, Jagged Little Pill. We'll have that link in there if you want to know. It's an awful <laughs> video from like a football field away and it's angled on a cell phone weird, but you can hear fairly well and you can hear uh, it's interesting. They've some of it sounds like the original orchestrations and this original tone of the songs, but then it, it's also got a little bit more of a, um, I don't know, they've, they've musical theaterized it a little bit in a way that sounds really good. Julie, did you listen to those songs at all yet? Not yet. That came up in the middle of my shift today. Yeah, I know you, you, you're on the news desk for us at Broadway world and you don't get time to do much of anything else when that's going on. So, um, but we'll have that link in the show notes. If you guys want to check it out, it's really interesting, but moving on to the next piece of news on Tuesday, we learned that Derek Klinna and Caroline O'Connor will be replaced by Zach Adkins and the great Vicki Lewis in the Broadway production of Anastasia. We've mentioned previously that Klinna and O'Connor will be leaving on Sunday, March 25th. Zach Adkins, who is an original cast member in the show, will be moving up from the ensemble to take over the role of Dimitri. And Vicki Lewis will be back on Broadway as Countess Lily. Uh, Vicki Lewis, a lot of people will know her from from TV and stuff like that. Uh, but she, to me, she's Gloria Thorpe from Damn Yankees, that revival, I think, in 1994, with the one and only Victor Garber and B.B. Newworth. She's done Chicago as well and done a bunch. So it's about time that Vicki Lewis is back on Broadway. So that's really exciting. And then another casting announcement, Julie, that is very exciting for both you and me. Yesterday, it was announced that Frankie Grande... We'll be taking over the role of Blaine in Cruel Intentions to Musical from Alex Boniello beginning on March 18th. That's exciting, Julie, because you and I are seeing that show on like the 24th. So we will be seeing former Big Brother and Celebrity Big Brother UK cast member Ariana's Big Brother, Frankie. So excited. <laughs> I barely know what Big Brother is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't do much TV. You're you're pop I don't do culture reality knowledge. TV. Yeah, you only do like British stuff because you hate America and love England. <laughs> Just a little bit. 
Okay. All right. Let's get to the story <laughs> that you were most excited about. You realized as you were pumping things out of the news desk that when the Providence Performing Arts Center announced their 2018-2019 touring season, that in the spring of 2019, there was a little show called The Band's Visit mentioned. Uh, we haven't heard much about a potential national tour, but apparently this show will launch from the Providence Performing Arts Center sometime in spring of 2019. I would imagine it would be around this time of year, March or April next year. Additional tour stops will be announced there, and I'm interested to see what they do with this. Uh, it is such a small show. I'll be honest with you, seeing it on Broadway, I, I felt like the venue was a little too big. Um, I felt like it probably was in the perfectly sized space at the Atlantic Theater Company. So I'm worried about it transferring, or not transferring, but traveling to some of these large tour stops, like down here in Orlando, the, the 2700 seat Dr. Phillips Center. Like, I just, I, I kind of felt like the show got swallowed up on Broadway. I can't imagine what it's going to be like in a house that's two, two and a half times the size of what it is in New York. I honestly worry about that in general, in terms of the national tour world. That's what always makes me the most uncomfortable, having grown up around San Francisco and gone to all those massive venues where these little Broadway shows are just completely lost, like you said. I do worry about that, but I'm excited for this show to reach a bigger audience for sure. I think it's going to gain a lot of attention very soon because of, you know, certain announcements that i'm sure oh, will come up as we've got we know awards. it's going to win all the awards we know <laughs> well not all the awards it's only going to win tony's because it's not going to be eligible for anything else but yes and i do wonder if they'll pull some of the original broadway cast i would think they would want to bring katrina on tour if possible um maybe i mean considering what i think will happen in june for her well <laughs> yeah, but I also think I think because what is going to happen in June, I think that might mean that she has other opportunities and she might not want to schlep out onto the road for six to 12 months. But who knows? But, yeah, I think you're right. This is a show that probably uh, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know that any I mean, Tony Shalhoub's not going on tour. I mean, heck, he's not even staying with the show. He's not even with the show anymore. So he's not going on tour. He's the only name unless you consider Katrina Link, who's probably going to win a Tony. I, I just don't know that any of those names I don't think, you know. Adam Cantor or, or, or somebody is going to is going to sell a ticket on the road. So I don't really know that that matters. Yeah, we'll have to see. I'm just excited for this show to get more opportunities. I think it's one of the most beautiful things I've seen on Broadway in a very long time. Every time I go back and listen to the soundtrack, I pull out more and more. I just want to go see it again, to be honest. I'm sure everybody knows that I'm crazy about it and hmm. is like, calm down. Yeah, but you, sh you should you should calm down a little. I think it's, it's a work it's of art. I think it's gorgeous culturally and musically, and I love it. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. All right, one last thing here in the show and casting news. Uh, yesterday, the Hartford stage announced that the uh, the world premiere of the stage adaptation of the novel The Age of Innocence will come to that theater on April 5th through Sunday, May 6th, and it will star four-time, four-time Tony winner Boyd Gaines and Sierra Bogus. Uh, it'll be directed by Tony winner Doug Hughes, and the adaptation comes from Douglas McGrath, but it's based on, based on the 1921 Edith Wharton novel uh, about the Gilded Age in New York. It's one of those great Gatsby type of era things. Boyd Gaines is one of my heroes when it comes to performing. Um, so very excited to see him do something that, you know, if you're 
doing something at Darko Tresnik's Hartford stage. You get people like uh, Tony winning director, Tony winning star of one of Broadway's favorite ingenues in a show. I imagine that they might be thinking about trying to bring this one to New York at some point. So this should be something to keep an eye on. All right. So one last thing here, Julie, Um, that's all the news we have, but I couldn't let our first episode together since this incident go by without kind of discussing it. The last time you were on and you hosted with, uh, I think it was with Daniela and James, you said something to the effect, not that I've memorized it and committed it to memory, but something to the fact of calling me lovely, but only if you squinted hard enough. Of course, James and Daniela assumed that was some sort of dig, assumed that was some sort of insult. Me being the glass half full guy that I am, I chose to focus on the fact that you called me lovely. So I'm just going to leave it there. Don't tell me that your intention was anything other than that. I don't want to hear how it was supposed to be a put down and an insult. I'm going to claim. I was being punchy. I was having a little charisma on the air. Bringing my own personality to the show. Bringing your own personality of insulting people. Okay, totally fine. I'm going to stick with the fact that you called me lovely. That's fine. I'm not. Do I hear my favorite joke? (laughs) Of course. (laughs) See, I was thinking about dad jokes because, you know, filling in for James. I'm like, I've got to get in that headspace. Okay, my favorite joke. Where does the king keep his armies? Uh, On the army's rest? Army rests? Up his sleeveys. I'm really regretting inviting you on this show. <laughs> oh, well. All right. My well, thanks for listening. I'm sure it is. Yeah. Thanks for listening. To- hey, do you want to hear my favorite joke? All right. Here's, here's this. What do you call a fish with no eyes? I don't know what. <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio, and you can find me on Twitter at BWWMatt and subscribe to Sound Like a Pop on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. Julie, where can people find you? I am at Julie Musback on Twitter, where I do retweet and share some of those jokes if you'd like more. And Julie K C A Y two six on Instagram. All right. Well, James and I will be back, hopefully with jokes less offensive than that, uh, for tomorrow's show. Have a great Wednesday, and we'll talk to you on Thursday. 